Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Chris, and I'm happy to say I've got not one, not two, but all three of the crew back together again to talk <laughs> weekend's action. Uh, no prizes for guessing where most of the pod will be heavily weighted. Uh, but first of all, let's introduce those panellists. First of all, I have Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello. Hello to you. And I've also got Jess. Hello, Jess. Hello. Greetings to you too. And... As it's almost as if his team's got a big game this week. It's the returning Rich Allen. Hello, Rich. <laughs> Je suis back. Indeed. Yay. With his hat of positivity. <laughs> yes. Much to discuss between you and I shortly, uh, as this, this pod will probably be known as the FFW uh, Derby. So, Je yes. suis Oh, don't. My heart. Honestly, <laughs> be still. I loved him even before he signed for us. So there you go. Greatest penalty of all time. Anyway. You, you hipster, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that well behind because people will give me too much stick otherwise but you're absolutely right um okay so uh yes this week's pod we're obviously going to talk a little bit about the uh, the big upcoming two games in europe this week and a little look ahead to next weekend's action but before we get to that we of course need to look back to last weekend um the uh, the games were staggered over the saturday and sunday last week we saw the weekend's action open up with psg winning a football match i know that's a surprise isn't it but it kind of was a surprise at one point as Lowly Khan actually took the lead through Kazimineninga, uh, but that man Mbappe, I think, wasn't there um, discussion for the, the Khan coach that if they kept him from not scoring, he would buy them dinner? Well, I think his wallet is safe because, um, yeah, Mbappe scored both goals, uh, penalty on 59th, and an 87th minute winner to break Khan Hearts in that particular game. So another win for PSG. Um, we also saw Monaco and Angers draw two all. Did anyone see this game? I saw bits of it and it seemed like this and the other Saturday night game were both two games of two halves, as it were, because I think Angers went up in the first half with a double from Flavien Tate and then Monica came back with a double from Falcao and then you got Amiens doing the same thing in reverse against Grasse. Yes, indeed. Quite yeah, yeah. We saw, um, as you say, that the the, the Angers Monaco game ended two two. Um, Monaco coming from, as you said, two two behind, probably just about deserved that overall. Like you say, a tale of two halves. Um, and then later on in the evening, again, yes, uh, two nil up. Amiens away from home. Canate and uh, Abdelhamid with the own goal, and then Rams got it back level, dear, and and Safaro with a, a late 84th minute leveller. Uh, oh, one of those, I think it was Safaro's, was amazing. Yes, I, I must admit, I haven't seen the goals of this game. How bad is that? But I haven't had a chance to catch up. What were you Kifaro's, saying there, Jess? Yeah, Safaro's is worth it now. He's, yeah. he's been brilliant this season. I think he's been, the he's, he's, been uh, he's been sort of a bit of a talisman, hasn't he? Um, yeah. I'm not sure whether people expected him to get to get as the, the goals he has, but yeah, I think it's it's one of those games where you look at it on paper and you think, is that going to be any good or not? And then you you decide, oh no, I'll give that one a miss, and you tune in later on and go, oh, why why didn't I watch that game? Um, we also know, of course, Neiman and Wren's game was postponed. Uh, more on that in the Wren preview in a bit. So that didn't happen. Uh, on to Sunday, we saw Gangom and Nom draw nil nil nothing I think we can describe yeah. that as a game of no halves yes it was pretty terrible and and a there result was a 96 minute penalty yeah that, that was the funniest thing that happened 
uh, uh, the entire 96 minutes. I think it would be fair to say that had that have been converted, it, it probably wouldn't have, well, out of all people, Rongier to miss it as well. And like you say, 96 minute, Gangon were, were poor, non, were poor. It, neither neither team really. Duan was poor. That's me. Yeah. It was, uh, and a game that Gangon really have to feel needed to win. They didn't, so they remain bottom. <clears throat> Excuse me, Lille. They beat Dijon one nil with a uh, Wesley Latoa own goal. Again, based upon what I saw of this, it was largely forgettable. Lots of Lille trying to break down Dijon eventually got through. Two, kind of... two shots on target in the entire game. Is that all it was? Oh. It was one of those uh, games that I had all. Gautier really had a go at the players after. Yeah, that was that was in the French press, wasn't it? That, that he went to town on them. I, it was one of those games I had on in the background, but I didn't realise it was only two games on two shots on target. Sorry, that's poor. Um, but nevertheless, a good win for for Lille. They're five points clear in second, so they uh, they keep grinding them out. Um, also, one 0 win for Nice. Um, Yusuf Atal with the winner in that one, which saw a pair of red cards for Barbosa and Cross uh, in the same incident. Strasbourg ended with 10, as did Nice. But is the home side winning. That, that, that punch-up, is Danilo Barbosa related to Cedric Barbosa? Because just the fact that he got sent off for an 89th-minute punch-up suggests he might be, but I'm not sure. A little bit hand-happy. Yeah. Maybe he would suggest, uh, yeah. I think it's Nice's... I'm not surprised. Mm. They scored 20 goals all season. That's incredible for a team in seventh, isn't it? It's, uh, but I, I suppose on the flip side, it suggests that Vieira's got something right in terms of making them hard to beat. Um, and it's that home form that's cost them. So this, well, I, I think he's doing a, a very underrated job, considering that um, you know really don't have any strikers to speak of, and mm. that you know, I think it's becoming very obvious now that even at the start of the season, they, a lot of the time they were, there was one person who was I mean, more or less criminally negligent on the pitch. Half the time, you look at how well Balotelli's doing now and how he did absolutely nothing while it needs. Yeah. Which will make Sunday evening very interesting as Marseille hosts Nice. There you go. It's almost like it was planned. <clears throat> What's, um, uh, Rich, let me ask you about, there's some news today. Jules Grimondi was, uh, was confirmed as the technical director uh, at Nice now, um, joining his former teammate, of course, Patrick Vieira. What, if anything, does that mean? All these new terms, technical director and <laughs> sporting director and all this, what, what basically will be his role as, as you see it? It's probably um, technical director was the similar title that um, I think Louis Campo had when he was at Monaco. Effectively, I think that's probably going to be more along the lines of utilising connections, networking, uh, probably a fancy term, probably for effectively sort of chief scout kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, w- I would imagine. Ask. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think his role will will be that different. It's just give him a new job title, and you'll get a get an increase in pay. It's how hmm. the way of the world works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is always nice. Uh, I work in high tech, and that is how that works. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, sure he's obviously got the connection with Vieira anyway, and as you said, I think he was seen as having done a good job at Arsenal so yeah um, it looks like I mean it's it's reassuring that Nice is still apart from that lack of a striker 
um, even even with Riviere. Are you saying he's going to uh, play? <laughs> well, probably could still do a job, to be fair. Not as a striker. But not as a striker, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Even with Riviere and, and Gunia leaving, um, but it looks like they're, they're hopefully still going to be run well. Um, I know that I've got a lot of Barnsley fans will be upset, but um, his name escapes me, Gautier Gadago, something like that. But he, he left for performance. So mm. that, that will bodes well, but hopefully they'll still continue to be a very well run club, and I think Greenland could be a really good, good uh, appointment. Yeah, yeah, it does. It seems like a a sensible move as well, given recruitment is going to be quite key for them, especially on a sort of a low end level. You'd imagine they're not going to spend millions and millions in the summer. So, um, I suppose maybe his first job might be to check on uh, on whether uh, Alan Simaxman is is feeling all right or not this week. Maybe that's um, his first job. Uh, we shall see. <laughs> uh, that was naughty, I know, but hey ho. Um, we also saw two other games on Sunday. Uh, Leon um, did what Leon do. Uh, they turn up one week and they don't the next. This week they decided they'd turn up. Uh, Toulouse very much did not as they went down 5-1. Uh, well, this was weird because um, Depay scored on, what, 10 minutes? And then yeah. De Sovi got the equaliser on 15. And that was a really nice goal. It was, and yeah. then everything kind of crumbled into pieces. From their point of view, after that, uh, nice to see that Yasin Fekir, yes. younger brother of, uh, came on for the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, Nabil Fekir getting um, two assists and the penalty, yeah, uh, so doing his normal thing. And uh, Toulouse also had Kawasak sent off. Clearly, he's channeling his history there. Standard, and yeah. I think it was 21 shots to five. That I mean, finished, they, which kind of says know, it all. The, the, the maths works out, but yeah, Leon went for that in a big way. Just yeah. on Kat Karazak, um, I saw an Optostat after his red card. That's his 11th <laughs> red card. And in the 21st century in Liga, and only one other player has more red cards than that. So it's a record. Who, I still, I, is, I think he, he's, well, he's well within his grasp, I think, to break the record. Still, Junchamp. Hmm? The former Wren oh. defensive midfielder and right back from the early, very early 2000s. Oh, not Cyril Jean-Champ Montpellier. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah, yeah. Same, same, same 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 the same guy that got a six-month ban for punching yeah. a journalist in the face. Yeah, it, it, a yeah, bit of a temper a character. problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he got, he got 12. Karazak still with plenty of time, I think, on his side. <laughs> to break that record so yeah he's got time to as you say he's 34 so maybe two good years left to, to break the record um, I think I think he could do it by the, by the end of the season he probably could actually yeah that's pretty fair three, and, three and four games wasn't it or something like that with Bastia a couple of seasons ago to be fair that was with Bastia though I mean that's that sort of standard, isn't it? Where, during the, the bad old days, if you will. Although some would say they're still there. But um, it was a good day, though, for Moussa Dembele. who also got a couple of goals in that game. Um, did, did all of you see the interesting tweets that Moussa put up about a certain <laughs> Celtic manager? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think think they spoke for themselves, didn't they, last week? Um, and finally, I, I think Dembele's doing quite an underrated job. I think he is, yeah. He did mm-hmm. line a lot by himself and... Even in matches where he hasn't been scoring, I think he's been um, contributing. Occupied, yeah, occupying defenders, even sort of wearing them out. I've been impressed. 
it's almost like he needed a little bit of time to adjust as well, isn't it? I'm not saying that it's uh, hugely and possibly to be playing in a team where he has other good attackers around him. Yeah, that always helps. Mm. Maybe not not certain Celtic ones, but still, at least Tim White is having a lovely time in Scotland. That's the main thing. Um, finally, we saw Marseille defeat St Etienne on the Sunday evening fixture. Um, Super Mario making the headlines again with a uh, what was clearly an orchestrated um, Belfry routine with the phone. I think he had uh, somebody positioned behind the goal and he scored a delightful. Looked like he, he looked like he nicked it from a match photographer, but clearly he actually stashed it there. I think it, I think it was his phone because if you watch the video, the first one that got released. Um, there's sort of a, as the video closes, you see it's logged into his Instagram to yeah. post it. So I, th- I think he might have been preempting a goal there. Um, Florian also, it looks, his goal looks fantastic. But if you look at it in slow-mo from a different angle, he clearly shins it. He does shin it, yeah. It's, it's a, like the Rooney goal, isn't it? thingy. It, it was a really nice sort of side-on scissor, scissor kick goal. The, I think the only disappointing thing for me for that game was St Etienne started the game pretty well, I thought. And then second half, it, it was just, I mean, it was a procession. It was just so, it was just really disappointing. Other than Wabi Kasri running around being angry, it was, yeah, it was poor, I thought, that second half. And Sorry, so- can I just do an admin moment and ask people who've got clunking and swooshing in the background to maybe mute <laughs> or stop clunking and swooshing? Mutifications. Yeah, it's um, coming through quite badly. Sorry. So, um, so yeah, so we saw Marseille uh, get that victory by two goals to nil, and they go into fourth, um, just ahead of their rival St Etienne, of course, same games played. Just, just jumping in on another. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm representative of Opta. I feel. Um, <laughs> This evening, but there was another great stat that they they pulled out with with Balotelli scoring. He scored in his first three games now at the Velodrome. Mm. The last player to do that for Marseille was um, yeah. former Everton former Everton striker Ibrahima Bakayoko. Oh wow! Back in back in uh, late nineteen ninety nine. No, there, there was another one I saw on that, which was he got to four goals quicker than anybody other than somebody and I can't remember Sonny Anderson yes that's it Sonny Anderson I knew it was one of the team from this expert it's four and six now isn't it and and it Mm. does sort of show that with a striker Marseille are half decent I tell you what I, I tweeted I tweeted just after he'd scored to say it's it's amazing what sensible correct um, recruitment actually does. It's yes, something yeah. Marseille want to consider a little bit more. Yeah, or, or of course not, uh, because they never seem to learn. But uh, the, the one that impressed me the most, I don't think I've ever said this in my life ever before, and probably never will again, Lucas Acampos, I thought, was really good. Um, no, I, I, don't, he, I, no, I don't buy no, it. He does... I mean, yeah, he tries. You can never say he doesn't try. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it does look horrendous. But when it does, you're like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good, actually. But it's like he's putting in the same work ethic every time. It just, he seems to have this consistency issue. Mm. There is, I, will, I would give praise to one Marseille player, I think, over their recent slight recovery f- uh, form. Um, he was a player that, you know, sort of came up through the youth system, started really well, then 
had a bit of a a bit of a crisis and a bit of a blip. But I've been impressed the last few games I've seen with him is Maxime Lopez. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, it's only yeah. when you see him hugging one of the others you realise just how small he is. <laughs> to be. But he's invoking, I think he's invoking yeah. the spirit of Vincent Cosiello. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say um, Hammer, so I think he's improved. He has. No, he, he definitely has. Cosiello's still in... Lopez does anything away from home. Cosiello, did he stay at Cologne in, in the second tier in Germany? Did I? I believe he is, yes. Wow, what a waste. What a waste. That was one of the most bizarre moves ever at the time I seem to remember but still yeah still there good little player so maybe he's one worth snapping up um but but yeah I, I do agree with that uh Rich totally I, th- I think he's been good um and Morgan Sanson is another player I, I could just watch for a lot of time I just yeah really like him. But, uh, another one we let go yeah another one gone <clears throat> excuse me but uh yeah disappointing from St Etienne but uh good result for Marseille who now surely are Probably one of three, maybe at a push for if Montpellier win tonight, maybe five of the outsiders for, for that sort of fourth spot. But we shall see. Leon have got a five point uh, difference to third, so they're clear at the moment. But Leon being Leon, who knows? Right, let's uh, get on to what we're going to mainly talk about. Um, this can I just quick say Marseille are after third place? They've uh, been, saying, yeah. they've been saying that they're aiming for third place and. Certainly, with them, they still got Leon to play. So. I was going to say they have got to play each other, haven't they? Yeah, I, I completely neglected that. So, in theory, it's uh, it's doable. But will Marseille be Marseille? And will Leon be Leon? It's one of them, isn't it? Do we also, think? Um, I agree with Rich about and um, recruitment, but um, I I was saying for ages, even when Mitropoulou was there, I don't understand why Garcia would never play Mitropoulou and Chema together. Um, he now is playing Balotelli and Jamal together, and I don't think it's any surprise that it's worth it. Um, I know it's a cliche, but you've got a big man and a more mobile small man, and, and they often work well together. Yeah. Um, has always worked better play last summer, and it was a waste of his time playing in the road. Yeah, he, he just looks lost when he's kind of put there by himself. He does need somebody to, he's a, one of a double act rather than a stand-up. He's still got a delightful leg on his head as well. Bless him, Valerie Germain, from, from two weeks ago. Um, when he came off, he decidedly cheesed off at the weekend. But, yeah, mm. I think it's fair to say that race is still open, um, particularly with those two teams to play each other. So we shall we shall see. Um, right, we're going to say talk a little bit about the European action uh, now um, before we look ahead to the weekend's games and a little look back at Coupe de France as well. But um, Europe is where it's at this week. Um, we'll start with obviously the, uh, the the PSG game, which is tomorrow at time of recording. Um, where are we all sort of feeling? Because I said it before we started recording, I I, I just have the jitters. Um, yes, I did neglect the fact that Man United are probably going to put out the caretaker and the tea lady, but I just have this sort of underlying thing with PSG where I just feel that if United were to get a goal, it would just be a little bit wobbly. Um, Rich, let's start with you you're pretty confident that they'll comfortably go through this leading 2-0 from the first leg. Yeah, I think if, if Man United were to get anything from this, they'd need to come out of the blocks very quickly. They'd need that early goal. And I think they'd need to hope that uh, you know, that's a horrible, horrible sense of deja vu hits PSG um, and they sort of utilise that mental weakness to their advantage. Saying that... 
I think the work that Thomas Tuchel has done since taking over has actually, a lot of that has been to, to solidify that mental resolve. So I think if United were to go for that tactic and did get an early goal, I think there is enough about the PSG team um, that they could ride that out, they could regroup, um, and they, they wouldn't crumble as we have, uh, we have seen before. Um, I, I just think ultimately the, 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 you look at the length of the, the list of injuries that, uh, that Man United have got, you just can't see that that starting 11 that they're going to put out has enough um, to overcome that kind of deficit because ultimately PSG are going to score. There's, there's, no doubt, there's no doubt about that. PSG will score. PSG will probably score at least two which all of a sudden puts you know Manchester United at a mm-hmm. at a position where they they need to be netting four times. Well, the squad that they've got, I don't see them doing that. So it's a shame. I'd like to have seen a full strength Manchester United against a full strength PSG, but ultimately PSG had their injury problems in the first leg. You know, Cavani looks like he's only going to make the bench at best um, tomorrow. Neymar's obviously mm-hmm. still out. Um, but I think those injuries that, that Manchester United have got and the ban, of course, to Pogba, I think just, just put this way too heavily in PSG's favour. So just, just to confirm, we've got Pogba suspended and on the injury list, according to UEFA, Mata, Lingard, Herrera and Matic. Lingard, obviously a big miss there. Martial is doubtful. So when you look at each kind of section of the pitch, that means it's Lukaku and Rashford are... Martial's not in the squad. Right, so he's no longer doubtful. Um, Lukaku and Rashford up front, who obviously are great, but then what's there behind that? And you could arguably say the same thing for, for PSG with Neymar and potentially Cavani out. But if you... I guess I say match up each of those areas. It looks like you know both defences can be shaky, but the PSG defence impressed last time, I think. And if they can do the same thing, that's fine. The midfield, Pogba being out, Mata being out, means it levels it up a bit with PSG basically not having one. And then in the attack. You know, then you've got who's going to break fastest. Now, and we'll say Mbappe, but whatever. So, if there's any chance for uh, Manu, potentially it's going to come down to a goalkeeping. Role. I'm not sure he's going to play in goal for, for PSG, I think. Um, but obviously, they, they've got the better keeper uh, overall there. So, the odds do seem to really underrate Manu, but uh, they've got them at 6-1 to one with my provider, which seems a bit harsh, but I still think this is PSG's PSG's game. But they will want to win. They're not going to go out there and go for a nil-nil or anything. They're going to be at home in, in the Champions League, so they're going to want to put on a bit of a show. Mm. Potentially that might be give Manu an option but it's going to take uh, I think a, a moment of uh, excellence and uh, a bit of a problem at the back to, to make anything of that. If you that that was my other question actually Jez, do you sort of what, what approach do you think PSG will, will take to this because there, there will be a small 
bit in the back of the mind, surely, from what happened previously. I know it's a different team, different manager and everything like that. But humans are humans. You know, if, if United do start well, there will be an element of that. Do you foresee them, sort of as Rich said, scoring and, and just coming out and being expressive? Or, or will there be an element of sort of risk-free approach for the first 10, 20 minutes? Uh, I think it depends on how Man United come out. And um, even in the first the first leg, Man United only really did anything for the, for the first 10 minutes or so. And actually a lot of that was more caused by um, incessant PSG mistakes until they calmed down a little bit. Um, I, I think... I think they'll be going for the win, but I can I can I can see them, sort of, if possible, not even bothering to, to kind of get out of third gear. Um, I think looking at this Man United side, yes, the keeper's good. Yes, they've got a couple of good defenders and they've got two very good strikers, but there's nothing in the midfield there. And um, I'd be shocked if they cause PSG any problems. So yeah, I don't, I don't think PSG are going to go into a match playing defensively because I don't think they're particularly capable of doing that but um, I don't think they're going to have to sort of stretch every sinew in order to you know, in order to win um, I think if, if they want to that they, they've probably got a couple of extra gears that this man United squad at the moment doesn't have yeah yeah I think that's fair to say what, what represents uh, um, I'll ask you this one Phil what what represents a good let's assume PSG get through which you know that's what we're going to do what sort of draw do you think that they will be looking at I mean I know we don't exactly know who's going through but would it benefit them to draw one of the bigger fish in the next round or would you sort of like to see them still get I don't know a Porto or a Roma I'm not saying they're not big clubs of course they are but you know the opportunity they could draw someone like a Bayern Munich a Liverpool uh, a Juventus um, Atletico Madrid you know, there's a lot of big teams still in there, Real Madrid, of course. What do you think they will be looking for, or are they, have they just got no fear at this stage? I think they, um, if they were going to pick a team, it will be who's got the best defence and the worst attack. Because um, <laughs> they sound a better chance of rolling that over than the opposite. Um, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're moving to the quarterfinals. It's, you know, you, you take what you take, and we've seen them screw up in the past. So, yes, I mean, if it's uh, one of the smaller teams in terms of the coefficient, then they'll be happy with that. But maybe if certain players come back as well at certain points, then, you know, having a bigger opponent to play against might actually be a benefit. So, you know, it's, it's, it's up in the air. They can win this tournament, can't they? I mean... You know, I know it's an obvious thing to say, but mm. I don't think they'll have much better chance. Given, you know, Real Madrid will Real Madrid. We know that, but they they aren't they aren't in great shapes. Which, which are the teams that have the balance of a good attack, a good midfield, and a good defence, and a good keeper? Mm. And, and technically, yeah. they do. Check you don't have boxes. to be the best at any of those, but if you can balance between them and be lucky, that's going to be useful. Yeah, luck hits wherever. Yeah, um, I, think, I think ultimately Barcelona are probably the only team they'd want to avoid. Just because, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. The, his, the history because they do have because um, there are yeah, go. Yeah, you know they they take Manchester City over Barcelona. I think I'd like um, to see that game to be honest. And I think, I think, I think all the teams left would probably choose to 
probably want the, the winner of Rome against Porto in the next round. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I, think, I don't think it's a vintage year. I think every team left has got a course and a beautiful in their day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, we know PSG are beatable, but they're certainly capable of beating every team that's left as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I sort of almost feel like Man City or Real Madrid would be the two I'd I'd like to see just because you know Real Madrid would give them an opportunity to right the wrongs of previous and Man City I think would be a good test but I also think it would be nice to to see if if they could replicate what Leon did at uh, at the Etihad Stadium so yeah it will be interesting to see of course they've got to get through first but hopefully uh, no panic and, and all will be well. Um, I but, don't think Real Madrid have got much about them at all this year. I don't know. Words, but Other than experience and know-how. Modric I mean, has done nothing since July and still needs to dissuade. You know, Val Kilmer kicking people upside down. <laughs> and I'm not convinced by the coach at all. Um, I mean, it'll be, it'll be funny when, they've, when they probably employ the, the king of bottling it on uh, uh, in the summer, but we shall see if that transpires. It's, it's ultimately, ultimately it's, Real, it's Real Madrid in the Champions League. Yeah, experience counts for a lot, doesn't it? You yeah. know, they, they have got winners. They've got players that have won the tournament. So, yeah, um, it, it's be interesting to see who does get through. And there's a lot of ties that's still wide open as well. That, that has to be said. So um, they could have kept through Ajax first tonight. So we shall see. Um, but uh, speaking of being nervous, uh, Rich, that brings us to the. The, uh, the FFW derby, if you will, um, Ren and Arsenal. Uh, you just knew, didn't you? Or, or I hoped. I, I was joking with a few of my other podcast colleagues. I said, I, you know, I'd love to draw Ren, <clears throat> mainly because of you and I, but also because I, I always like it when Arsenal play French teams in Europe, which has been fairly frequent over the last 10, 15 years. And we've got another one. Um, so I, I have to come to you, of course, first. The home leg is at Roseham Park on Thursday. How are you feeling? Are you are you are you sort of changing by the hour, or or are you resigned to to, to struggle, or, or are you quite confident? No, I'm cool, calm, collected. To be perfectly honest, um, it's you know it's it's a great occasion. Um, the team will go out. The team will go out and play to the best of their abilities. Um, it's going to be a good game, and I've just faced facts of what what happens happens. Now, I hope that with it being at home first, by the way, it should never have been at home first. No. Um, I, I still don't necessarily agree with uh, the ruling to switch that because of the old, oh, two teams can't play in London on the same night nonsense. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously a first for Ren. never been this far before, but spirits are high. You know, form has been has been good in the league. Uh, they got past the Betis side that I don't think many gave them much chance to to do. Especially then, you know, once once Betis got that injury time equaliser in the first leg, to to go away to to Seville and get that result that they did um, was was borderline remarkable. Um, I don't think many would have seen that coming, but they went there. They got the result. Um, They've enjoyed the the, the the tournament, which has been quite refreshing to see for a French team in the Europa League, um, and and we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday. I'm I'm confident that Ren will put in a good performance and a good showing. Um, you know, Arsenal are missing a certainly one key player, 
Um, although I'd make a, make an argument that Renner also uh, and Bai Niang is suspended, Hamari Traore is suspended, so maybe Zefan may come in at right back, which is a bit iffy, iffy, iffy sort of. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. I'm not face. I'm not um, going in thinking Ren are going to be putting Arsenal to the sword. I'm not going thinking Ren are going to be putting in an absolute masterclass that are going to. It's going to take Europe by storm, and everybody's going to be talking about Ren come Friday morning. But I'm just confident that Ren will put in a good show, and Julian Stefan will get a good performance from his team. Um, ultimately, what that represents in terms of a scoreline. Difficult to predict, um, but I'd just like it to be still a contest. Um, you know, come ninety minutes up on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And and Jez, what's the what's the sort of mindset? Do you think Ren need to go into this game with? We now we know it is the home leg first. Do they go in and and, and try and get ahead in the tie? I mean, I fancy there'll be goals in this. I, I obviously as an Arsenal fan, I can confirm uh, that if we have Skodran Mustafi in the back four, we will concede goals. That's standard. Um, but do Ren need to sort of come out? almost the PSG approach and, and lay down a marker in the first leg or do they kind of sit tight and, and see what they can soak up and see what Arsenal provide? Uh, I think that they should I think they should go for it. I think both games against Betis proved that they were at their best when they were really taking the initiative and, and you know, pressing pressing the opponent and when they sat back and, and let the opponent have a little bit more control it became a lot more of a struggle. Um, obviously, the question is whether they can maintain that for for 90 minutes, or even maybe you could argue based on the other two matches more than more than half an hour or something. But um, I think that's I think that takes their strengths. I think uh, you know I, I doubt that Emery is going to allow Arsenal to underestimate Ren in any way. But um, I think Ren could still spring a surprise by sort of really starting at, a, at the full pace the, the way they did. I think in both legs. Um, and yeah, <laughs> the bottom line is that you know, obviously it means a lot to Ren and, and that they are a, a good good team and a good club. But this is the furthest they've ever gone in Europe, and they are playing one of the sort of marquee clubs of Europe. So um, although it's not going to be straightforward for Arsenal at all, Arsenal are definitely the favourites. So to an extent, Ren have got very little to lose. So I really think they can, they can sort of go into it with no fear and really try to take the game to Arsenal. And I think that if certain Arsenal players aren't entirely switched on right from the start, then they could, they mm. could be a bit of a shock. Yeah. yeah, I think but... looking at the suspensions, obviously Lacazette being suspended for Arsenal is a big deal. It's a shame as well. That would be nice to see him back in France, but still. But also, yeah. Niang being suspended for Ren, mm. because I was just, no offence, Chris, but really looking forward to Niang and Saar going at your uh, fullbacks and ending them, mm. uh, basically. And he plays at fullback, of course, and so we haven't got many left. Exactly. Uh, so I think not having him there. It could slow things down a little bit because obviously if Hatton Ben Arthur does play, then he can be a very canny player, a very clever player when he's on his day. Um, and if he plays and Ozil plays, I think that would be a lovely little matchup of 
the players who are underestimated by people who value running around a lot, for example. Um, but yeah, the fact that they won't have one of the guys streaking up one of the wings um, and turning a fullback, kind of screwing into the ground, is it, unfortunate because that's what's been very fun to watch with with Ren. Um, recently. I mean, you look back at, we had the Coupe de France last midweek where PSG beat Dijon, yeah, whatever. Uh, Lyon beat Caen. Uh, Tarek called that, by the way. Depay got a goal and Ninga got a goal. Um, but the Ren game against Orléans of Ligue 2 ended 2-0, but they Ren had three goals chalked off by VAR and one penalty. Um, and Yang was just brilliant cutting through the lines clinical finishes both times both the goal that was disallowed and the one that actually ended up on the score sheet so I think he'll be a big mess uh, as well but I'm very much looking forward to this game because I think it could be um, more interesting than the betting odds perhaps suggest which uh, as far as I can tell from Beckleck is Three to one for Ren and basically evens for Arsenal. Mm. I think I think Lacazette could be a really good miss for Arsenal. I do as well. Yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, Yang's not prolific. I know they bring stuff, but others don't. He's mm. not prolific, and, and Ren are showing the goals around. But I just, I mean, and Aubameyang yeah. has kind of one thing, which is. He is fast slightly the one dimensional, yeah. Um, I, I, I think he's quite, not as fast anymore and if you've got, you know, a defence which is, is good and solid, then He also he also misses chances. I think Lacazette is proving gradually if only shows a little bit more faith in him that yeah. he can do it all. And Kubek being can, a very good he goalkeeper. Can score the goals, he can he can assist, he can I think his intelligent running creates space for Obamayang as well. Mm-hmm. more of a defensive shift and, and as you get into the later stages of, of the competition and against a good team like Ren, I really do think that, that Lacazette and with the extra motivation obviously also being back in France, I think Lacazette would have been really up for this tie and would have been really important to, to Arsenal's chances. I still for Arsenal's favourite, but I think mm-hmm. it's okay. closer partly because Lacazette is missing. I think we're. I think overall, you know, from from an Arsenal perspective, I mean, very briefly, because obviously we're sort of looking at it from a French perspective on, on this pod. But I think from an Arsenal perspective, talking to friends of mine and how I f- sort of feel about it, um, it is the 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 pressure is is heavy on us because we mm-hmm. are, as you rightly say, the favourites. We're expected to go there and win, and and not just because of that being one of the favourites in the tournament, but also that performance against Barca Borisov. Um, I, I personally, you know, shrugged my shoulders and went, oh, we, we did an Arsenal. You know, it's almost like doing a Leon. You know, we didn't turn up first leg, but I had absolutely no doubts. We turned it around in the second leg and so it proved. The trouble is with, with the fan base of Arsenal now is that that sort of result or performance wouldn't be accepted in, in Ren and Ren are a better side than, than Barca to the point where we could, if we don't turn up, end up on the on the reverse of, you know, a two or three goal swing and suddenly your second leg is actually very difficult. Um and I would I would predict that Ren would do a far better job defending Defensively, the Emirates yeah. than Barty did. And that's my concern. So I think it's from an Arsenal perspective, um, you know, let's be honest, um, sorry Rich, but 
if the right Arsenal turn up, you expect them to probably win both legs. But if they don't, and if there's any sign of, of weakness that Rankin can capitalise on, like I say, I, I can see goals in this. And uh, and I think it will be quite an entertaining game. I'm not sure it'll be better entertaining, but I think it'll be a, a good watch. Um, and it's the early kickoff as well, which Arsenal are not particularly brilliant with based on previous. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good watch. And um you know, I think Rich and I will still be talking in a week's time, I believe so. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. see, won't we? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll see if... Uh, w- when you know the pod lineup next week, if one of us is missing, you know it went wrong somewhere <laughs> along the lines. But yeah, yeah, I think it's one to look forward to. And, and on the grand scheme of things, you know, good for Ren at this stage to be still in the tournament and in with a shout. And, and I've got a plum draw. So, um, yeah. yeah. And, and making the um, French teams in Europe visual that I've been maintaining over the last couple of years look a bit better on the Europa front because frankly it's not been good is it? it well yeah I mean obviously last year the, the final but nobody, nobody thought Marseille would win that did they not one person thought no, but the feeling of the other teams in there hmm. been it at a certain point and it was really only Gangon four, five seasons ago where they just genuinely went for it when everybody else just tumbled mm. um, and ended up with that amazing game in Dinamo Kiev. Um, yeah, it's good to have the, again, with all due respect to Rich, the non-traditional French teams at this stage of yeah. a European competition. It's really good it's going to introduce more people to Ligue 1, French teams French stadium if they turn up you know so I think yeah. it's uh it's good but I I am looking forward to this one I really hope Ren win the first one to set up a really good second leg because mm. yeah that would be well, it- uh, that would be the ideal for me in the nicest way possible, Rich. I don't. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I would like to see a, a performance put in, and, and yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like to see see Ren uh, sort of match us for for a period of time, if for nothing else, to keep it entertaining. But we shall see what happens. Um, we will also see what happens in the weekend's upcoming games. We should say that at time of recording, uh, Phil will be happy. Montpellier have gone to Bordeaux one two one. Uh, that game is just wrapped up. Daniel Congre with a winner after Lazen had put Montpellier in front. Busic had equalised, but uh, and it looked like an injury for, for Benjamin Lecomte. Not not such good news Ooh, for there, but we shall see. Um, ahead of the weekend's games, though, we've got uh, not PSG is postponed. Um, um, that we will also be played pre sometime. pre those games. We have uh, Vitry versus Nantes in the oh, yes. other. Coupe de France game, which is also on Wednesday, but early. Uh, So we'll be looking for the last of the quarterfinalists to join PSG, semi-finalists, sorry, to join PSG, Rennes and OL. Will it be Vitre of National or not? Uh, is the the question tomorrow? So that's yeah. also worth looking out for as a uh, amuse bouche. And that's to, that's to, that's to uh, that's to face PSG in the semi finals as well. Nice easy already the final. <laughs> Bastards. 
Although saying that, you know, ask Gangon, I suppose. Um, mm. You know, you just, you never know. You never can tell with bees as Winnie the Pooh once. Um, <laughs> we also, uh, we've got a couple of decent looking fixtures to look ahead to at the weekend. Strasbourg mm-hmm. Leon jumps off the page at me as one that could be, again, a lot of fun or an absolute mess. Uh, you just never know. Um, Strasbourg <laughs> at home. So, I mean, uh, again, I can sort of see that being a little bit pinball. Um, Armian Nice, uh, Neem, sorry, is uh, also um, one of the uh, one of the evening games on Saturday, uh, as is Dijon Ram. That's got the look of a very big game for Dijon, who are absolutely putrid at the moment, yeah. um, falling like a stone. You'd feel that they need to start picking up points, especially at home. Um, but then Ram up in sixth, so no easy task there. Monaco Bordeaux. Monaco, if Monaco's um, kind of recovery continues, uh, leap from this Bordeaux, this right. would be an interesting one because yeah, the the centre of the table is quite compact, mm. so they could be hitching up uh, much further with that one. So I think that's of the um, evening games. I think that would be the one I'd be and Bordeaux four defeats in the last six with tonight's defeat as well they've, they've got to be a little bit careful they are starting to tumble a little bit 13th at the moment but yeah with, I say, with results going the other way Bordeaux, uh, Monaco, if Monaco were to win that they go to 29 points suddenly they're looking over their shoulders Bordeaux so yeah probably one to, to keep an eye on we've uh, also got a Sunday programme five games on Sunday Montpellier, Angers uh, Saint-Etienne, Lille as a, a, a that could be fun. fun to me, yeah. Um, to lose Gangon is pretty big for both, for obvious reasons. Um, Ren Khan, if ever Khan had an opportunity to pick up points away from home, surely you'd think uh, they normally do. Yeah, <laughs> they normally do. They, they have a decent record, do they not? At uh, away from away at Ren, but I, I although we guess... nabbed, we we were we were clever, you see, because in the summer we nabbed the chief goal scorer of goals against us by Khan and. Mm. And nabbed uh, Damien de Silva. So clever, clever, very clever tactic. <laughs> you can't beat him. Watch, watch him now score the own goal. <laughs> Put it in his own net. Um, and then we've got Marseille Nice is the Sunday night. Marseille on the Sunday night. Yeah, no, I know. I, it's, I, who'd have thought? I think that will be great fun. And if Mario pulls out another team selfie. <laughs> I mean, there the, the could be a punch up of epic proportions. Well, I think like, Vier- I think Vieira no idea if the travelling oh. fans are allowed to travel. But I, I love uh, I love the idea of Vieira running over, grabbing the phone, just stamping on it. Like, I just love the idea. Of, I, I can't make up my mind though because I, I I can't decide. Every time I I I settle down, I get comfy for the the evening Sunday night game, and and I've been disappointed about eight times out of the last nine with the Sunday fixtures. I can't decide anymore. So I kind of don't want to jinx it. it. Everything on paper suggests it should be decent, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it does. No, I mean, have you seen Nice's goal Nice's. scored record? Well, I, I suppose, terrible. yeah. But they, they are better away from home. That's what I'm sort of clinging to the hope that maybe Marseille will Marseille. Oh, and, marginally. Yeah, I mean, but I've got to take the positives, haven't I? <laughs> don't ruin my I, Sunday night viewing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... You know, goals maybe punch up, probably. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Maybe, maybe not yeah. so much the goals, but I, I just want a bit of entertainment. So that game last weekend with with Marseille, it just petered out so badly, and I, I really wanted Saint Etienne to turn up, and they just sort of folded after the second goal went in, and that was that. So, mm. hey ho, we shall see. We shall see. Um, 
Okay, good stuff. Well, um, we will probably leave it there for this week. I think we've covered everything that we can. Of course, we'll look ahead next week to uh, to Project Barcelona as Leon go to the new Camp for that second leg. The tie is still alive at nil-nil. Uh, only takes one goal and uh, Barca suddenly need two. I know that's not that difficult always, but you just never know. Um, and of course, we'll be uh, discussing uh, whether Rich and I are still on speaking terms or not <laughs> next week as well. And hopefully PSG going through tomorrow night so uh yes um stay tuned through the web to the website um phil we might have a preview going up might we we don't know at the moment depends on times i'm not sure about the coupe de france uh but we will see but obviously we will be um bringing you more news as uh, as things develop uh, particularly the semi-finals of coupe de france which are happening checks calendar in in a short amount of time soon quote i'm not sure yeah (laughs) um seriously i'm so disorganized i do apologize one way or the other we'll have you covered let's put it that way that's that's the best way of covering all angles but uh yes we'll leave it there then um my thanks to uh to jez and to phil and the returning rich for this evening so thank you all for your time thank you very much And as I say, we'll be back next week. Not sure what day yet, but you know the drill. We'll let you know via the Twitter when we're when we're coming out. Uh, and as usual, if you've got anything you particularly want to ask us, pop it across and we'll do our best. But uh, until then, good luck to PSG. Uh, good luck to Ren. Good luck too to much. Ren. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> until next week, enjoy your French football. We'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>